0: Source. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that. Here's Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. From the boundary
1: line. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host Pez, and I am here with Source to talk the 2020 trade period. Uh, we, we promised the Thursday before, but uh, Source <laughs> apparently wasn't available. He's the one that was really keen to, you know. Do a lot of pods through the off-season. I said, yep, next Thursday we're doing a pod. I promise the, promise the listeners. And then comes the Thursday and Source goes, yeah, I'm not available this week. We'll do it next week.
0: Well, I said I could do it on the Friday or the Saturday or the Sunday. Just was unavailable that one day, Piz.
1: Oh, well, that's when the beers flow on the Friday, <laughs> the Saturday and Sunday. Well,
0: you could have you had beers with me, mate, Like just because we, we you know, help run a very successful uh, podcast no, we together. live in
1: Melbourne. There's only one person allowed around and uh, you, you were second in,
0: in line. Second in line. <laughs> so, wow. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little bit hurt. A little bit hurt. Uh, I, don't, I don't. You know what? I, I'm unavailable tonight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Unavailable tonight. <laughs> I'm tonight. I'm gonna take Stop the, the pod. I'm gonna take the beer, the very best that you've offered me here, and uh, on my on my way. We might do a podcast uh, next week if you can fit me in, your Mister Popular. <laughs> Jeez, two friends, wouldn't it be nice? No, no, it's it's all right. When um, Sunday comes
1: around, hopefully we can have ten people around, and then. Uh, we had yeah, a, have a have live remember. audience. Remember last time we had a live
0: audience, how that went? We did have a live audience <laughs> and uh,
1: Sauce just went to water. <laughs> went absolute to absolute water.
0: water. and you were not very helpful either, mate, because you were uh, a little bit uh, on liquid courage, I think is probably a good way to put it, and you were, you yeah. were fine. 12, 14 cans deep, It's, it's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all.
1: Oh, no. Well, we are here to talk about the 2020 trade period, Sauce, and uh, the last podcast talked about the free agency and and who was uh, getting signed, what was happening, and we didn't really want to talk rumours because here on Behind the Boundary Podcast, we don't like to talk rumours, we like to talk facts, and we like to give our opinion on what's actually happened. We say we don't like to talk rumours, but I was on the phone to you every single day going, oh, what's Ooh, happening? That's a <laughs> cheeky trade.
0: one. I wasn't allowed to for a beer, but you gave me a phone to let me go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's all right. Um, but we're going to go through each and every trade that did happen in the trade period. We're going to talk about it. I, I like the way it worked this year in terms of the quickness of it and no mucking around
0: let's get to it but I didn't like the way that it started at the start of the final series it was very funny uh, because you just talked about the quickness of it but one of the things I found most frustrating is I felt like we were talking about the same trades from day one of the the trade period and as you said earlier on in the actual season than usual in the final series and uh, a lot of those deals didn't get done till a little bit past the trade deadline on that Thursday night and uh but it's been good, Pez. We've had a week to settle. We've been able to have you know, our own little reflection. You've been to hear about all the news. You've been able to hear how some of the stories have unfolded and how it went down. And uh,
1: Maybe you have, but I haven't because I'm still uh, a bit broken that you
0: didn't come over last Thursday <laughs> night to do a pod. Oh, my apologies, Pez. Well, hopefully uh, St killed Kilda, But they're the first team that we're starting off with, Pez, so that might, uh, might make you a little bit happier. You want to get straight into it, Pez. You were the first trade of the uh, the trade period, and the signed as a free agent. So yeah, you didn't even didn't even trade
1: <laughs> nearly two weeks ago. It was the first one there. Uh, St. Kilda received Shaw McKernan as an unrestricted free agent, and uh, you know sometimes you you grow up, and you usually have stories about uh, AFL players that you you knew or you played against. I uh, actually played against Shaw McKernan, not in footy, in basketball. And uh, we we went there before the game. He was throwing down slam dunks and things beforehand, and we're like, "Oh, what's what's going to happen here?" and uh, I'll tell you, it's it's lucky he's good at footy because he was no good at basketball. <laughs> he won by about 50 points that day, but uh, yeah, good on him. Uh, he's a he's a backup for Paddy Ryder and Rowan Marshall, so uh, a bit of insurance, I think, this one.
0: Yeah, and uh, look, he's going to be the third club that he's played at, a three-club player. Uh, he's played Adelaide, Adelaide, obviously, before that, and uh, Essendon, well, he didn't really play at Essendon. He struggled to get on the park a little bit. Uh, it's just a nice little, uh, you know, uh, insurance policy, I guess. And, and you pretty much, uh, you signed him for nothing, uh, not much at all. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a nothing deal. It's a bit of a disappointing way <laughs> to actually start. The, the and the only reason we're talking about it is because I played basketball <laughs> against him back in the day. I uh, oh, just had up. to get your fig jam story in there, mate, the 50-point winners. What uh, did you contribute to the team?
1: Oh, I probably dropped 40, 40 <laughs> 10, and, 10 and 20 rebounds. What were or you doing? Like you're that? doing
0: the, the score, you're doing the buttons.
1: And I, <laughs> I missed, a, missed a few points because <laughs> I only got 40. Um, we'll, we'll go into the proper deals anyway. We've got a, um, well, actually we won't go into the proper deals. We'll go into a pick swap. So how's this one source? Brisbane receives a third round pick, which was currently uh, 53rd pick and a future third round selection from the Demons. And the Demons received a third round pick, which was 43. So they've actually moved up 10 spots and a future fourth
0: round pick. Not really much to talk about. <laughs> <on that. laughs> is it? It's this has been an absolute flyer to this one. Glad we didn't start last Thursday, but, uh, it's an interesting one. this uh, you, I, I think in the you'll see a lot more of this going forward now with um, you know, something that we'll talk a, lo- a little bit later on with teams now sort of, I think, uh, are pulling back the control in terms of the trade period. We saw, you know, obviously the standoff between a couple of players this time, you know, especially with Geelong, uh, God, I was about to say Golden State then, GWS and Jeremy Cameron. I think you'll see a lot more um, swap pick swaps and teams trying to help uh, get those sort of assets to be able to trade, which is good because I think that... For too long, uh, the players have had full range of it and I think it's good that the, the clubs are starting to get a bit more control over it.
1: Yeah, well, they, they need to get what, what they're worth. Um, I know you've spoken about before in the past, Source, that you think um, if they're an unrestricted free agent, the club shouldn't receive any compensation or anything like that and just go for it like there. But it, with the compensation thing in there... Uh, People are trying to trade, and uh, some people have taken advantage of that, uh, like the Western Bulldogs, which we'll speak about later, with the father-son system, where they've got the points and and things like that. So, uh, we will discuss that a little bit further. Let's get into some trades for some actual players. The next one was uh, Peter Wright. Two metre, Peter. How how tall is he? Two metres. I I didn't know that. I I was... um, unaware um you're was, unaware of the nickname of two meter peter i was just unaware how tall he was i knew his nickname was two meter peter how tall is he
0: 203 centimeters <laughs> two meter
1: a, two meter peter what a nickname for him I, I can't believe we didn't see him in 2020 he must have had the coronavirus or something up Man, there was, he's
0: he's he's a he's a red nut like me and it's too too I was sunny too up, hot it's too sunny at up the, up the there. Gold, coast, gold coast so Suns. he's had to
1: come down to essendon had to come down. hopefully he hopes, hopes there's no more coronavirus so he can play under the under the roof down at telstradome down there
0: yeah, um, like he didn't play last year, obviously, 2020 at all. He had no games, uh, had a bit of an injury, fell out of favour with the the team and, and realistically with the um, acquisition of um, your friend mate there, uh, the King boy, there was no chance he was getting into that forward line and he sort of floated between a ruck spot as well as a, a back-up forward. But, you know, with, with that exciting forward line of, of Rankine and King and that, uh, there's no chance he was getting a game. It's what Essendon need. They do need that second forward with losing Johanna, Joe Danaher. He's played for, you know... Uh, for five years in the league, um, he's averaging probably about 16, 17 games. He played 17, 22, injured, injury uh, sorry, injury read him with seven, and then uh, two years ago with 17. Obviously, we just said fell out of favour and couldn't get inside, but good little pickup for them. A nice oh, a, acquisition. A great pickup, and
1: Peter Wright would be wrapped because uh, he's playing for Essendon, so he will actually get a game. So <laughs> that would
0: be very, very good. He still, he still won't play finals, <laughs> <laughs> he will get a
1: game. He, he won't play finals, but he will get a game, so that's good for him. Uh, and you know, five years in the system. This is this is about the time where they come into their prime. He could uh, could stand up and do something uh, for the Bombers and possibly be their leading goal kicker or something like that. It wouldn't be hard mate. No, they you'd have b- to they kick lost about Joe Danaher,
0: they lost Fantasia there's not many people left there. You'd have to kick about 22 goals but yeah. Yeah one, one a game that's not bad but that's that's pretty good for a five year player but you're right he came into he's coming into the right age. He was a highly touted sort of uh, player. He was part of that sort of that weird draft format where they had early picks uh, and you know they went up to the Gold Coast a little bit earlier as a teenager. Didn't quite develop into the player that um, he was probably expected to but at the same time he's a tall forward, 203 Centimeters is big He had pretty clean hands uh, for, for memory I mean, You know we're going back Two years he, he, he would be able To kick a snag You would he assume pop, You used to pop
1: up For first goal Every now and then I remember On the, on the cheeky pump pod I Two metre a, Peter I think it was a cheeky Sometimes a Big two metre Peter I think he needs A new nickname But not only that Oh no no way You keep the two metre no, Peter no. you got to keep it 2.03 metre Peter <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is horrible piss <laughs> um, but That's but, what I'll be calling him From now on The thing is he wasn't very successful, obviously, uh, at the Gold Coast, but if you look at the team that they had and how many wins they had in those first couple of years, you can't expect a forward to be kicking a lot of goals. Like, when he was getting a regular gig, Pez, he was kicking a decent sort of amount of goals. Like, you know, every time he played over 10 games in that season, he kicked over 20 goals, and that, that, that to me, is a real good indication. I mean, the highest amount of goals that he kicked in a, in a team that wasn't doing well was 2019, when he kicked 27 goals. Like, that's... That's a great amount of goals to be kicking for a team that's probably only kicked 30 goals for the year. Yeah, so he's, he's proven that he can play
1: on a team at the bottom of the ladder and uh, Essendon, going to be at the bottom of the ladder uh, or near thereabouts. Uh, perfect opportunity for Peter Wright to kick 20 or 30 and have a successful season and uh, continue his career.
0: But, but not only that, Pez. The delivery is going to be a lot better than it was in in 2019. Yeah, like two years. What's that? Two years ago now, when they were sort of, well, they won three games. The delivery is going to be. Well, you hope it would be a lot better. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh well, they're, like they're, they're, their their midfield is not too bad. You got McGrath. You got uh, Hep. Not Hepple. You got um, Merritt. Merritt. They got some decent sort of kicks going in there. They lost Sard obviously, which we'll discuss later. You got Sheil.
1: He just bombs it in there. But um, yeah, hopefully they can spot him up a couple of times. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, hopefully
1: he has a success because. Uh, 2.03 metre Peter. We,
0: we love him at behind the boundary we d- podcast. We do. As you said, he was a part of one of our, I think one of our first sort of podcast, our first cheeky that we sort of won. You have to go back in the tapes and the the, the archives and find that out. But uh, back onto some more exciting stuff, pairs. Oh, this uh, is my favourite. Yep, yeah, this is a big pick swap. Uh, so the Ds offload future picks to get more 2020 capital. It was a huge one. They received a second round pick, currently uh, number 33, and a third round pick. Currently, number fifty. So to yeah. Adelaide, and Adelaide get the future second round
1: and future fourth round. So Melbourne just wanting to uh, put some things in place. We we don't know if there's it's like academy players coming in. There's there's different reasons teams do uh, pick swaps. If it's a later deal that they've agreed in principle on verbally uh, before that, then they'll keep going like that. But if it's a it's a father son and they need to get points
0: and they need to get yeah. extra uh, extra things, yep. then they
1: then they do that as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, you and I were having a discussion beforehand about the, the point sort of uh, allocation and uh, the DTSI or whatever they call it. It's about building those points so that you can make a bid for that pick so that, you know, you pick number 17 and you, your players going at number one, you have to give away a certain amount of assets and points. And, and that's what obviously Melbourne are doing. They're obviously building into this draft. They sort of were a couple of wins away from making finals this year. Um, so they obviously believe in their list and they're looking to, to, to acquire some assets going forward, you know, to help build that sort of young core so, uh, and speaking of Melbourne, um, as well as that, they continue that trend, um, they traded off uh, Mitch Hannon, so they traded off Mitch Hannon for a, a future third round selection, it's a bit disappointing for Mitch Hannon to, to receive back that, Mitch Hannon was pretty consistent for Melbourne and he was a decent sort of player for yeah, him. Yeah,
1: well, he was playing in the forward line because they had no big tall forwards, but obviously with Ben Brown, who we'll speak about later, coming into that forward line, they have to get rid of a, a few of those smaller forwards, so Mitch Hannon was one of them and uh, he started off his career over at the Bulldogs, so... Uh, he, he's going back there and th- they're very excited about it. And I think uh, Mitch Hannon, they've they've delisted players like Sam Lloyd, so coming back into their forward line, hopefully they can make some use out of him at the Bulldogs with that uh, powerful midfield that everyone's talking about. Uh, they need someone to kick it to because uh, you know, we know Josh Bruce is down there and kicked about 17 goals in a 17-game <laughs> season with six
0: in one game. But uh, Mitch Hannon might be... Uh, Kicking a couple of snags next season, yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I mean, realistically, one of the Bulldogs' problems this year was that they had a lot of problems trying to score. Uh, Mitch Wallace, being your leading goal kicker, is not good enough for, for you know that sort of forward line. Um, so, hopefully, Mitch Hannum will help share the load. You wouldn't expect him to become the leading goal kicker, but it might help uh, free up some of those those taller forwards there that realistically need to start to to shine. A couple of those Premiership players really need to start making a name for themselves and stop living off that. Uh, 2017 Premiership.
1: Yeah, well we know in, in the last two seasons he kicked 10, but before that he kicked 22 and 22 yeah, it's a goals. Yeah, big seasons. big seasons. So he's, be, he's been there about Mitch Hannon and uh, when Melbourne were up and about, he was up and about. So if the doggies can get up and about, get the ball in there, bang, he's gone there. In Melbourne, we know Melbourne's forward line, they've had a, a few years of, you know, they've been struggling down there. They've had Petrarca, you know, come in and lead their goal kicking and things like that. So uh, you've got Bailey Fritch in there, who's, who's another option. And Mitch Hannon became the fourth or fifth Six option, which is why he only kicked six goals last year, and, and why they didn't really need him when they when they got Ben Brown.
0: Yeah, and especially with the Bulldogs being a team, when they do sort of pile it on, everyone gets fed. Like you know, so he'll be able to pop up for a couple of sneaky goals, a couple of extra snags, and you'd assume that he'd be a walk up start in that sort of that Western Bulldogs side. Uh, well. Previously, he definitely would have, you know, with the, the, the amount of talent that's going through that midfield now, there's and a... might have to play some of them forward. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so it'll be very interesting how they're going to... to um, and I can't wait to get into that discussion with you, peers, but it'll be interesting to see how they fare. Getting on to players that are going to be at their third club. Uh, Braden Pruce. Moving on to his third club, which I find just unbelievable that he continually is going to clubs uh, you know that that have established Ruckmans and now he's going to GWS where he should, you would assume, get the walk-up start. Look, he's definitely going to be the number one
1: Ruckman there. Apparently Shane Mumford is still on the list. Yeah, uh, he's still on the list. But I don't think Shane Mumford's uh, in, in the shape to play AFL footy anymore. Uh, I'm glad he was playing in those... He's only um, there for one thing, mate. Yeah. He's and only he didn't there do for it. one thing. And he didn't do he it. He didn't do it in 2019 when, when we wanted him to do it in the prelim and then nah, in the ground. It grand cost final. me a lot of paint, he did. Yeah. Oh, a lot of money on that paint. That paint... My shed out there is still stacked of orange paint. Can't get rid of it. I'm well, going to paint
0: my house orange. The, the, orange, the orange shed at the back. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, well,
1: yeah, I painted that shed. I, I'm going to paint my fences as well on the weekend. I'm going to paint them orange as well. But Braden Proust, I thought the move, and I, I think you did as well, Source, the move to Melbourne was very, very silly by him. Like, he thought they were going to play two Ruckman with Max Gorn. The game wasn't heading like that. So I didn't like the move to Melbourne in the first place. He should have gone to a team that didn't have an established Ruckman because he's shown some stuff when Max Gorn's been out and he showed some stuff at North Melbourne when
0: Todd Goldstein was out
1: as well. So uh, I think he can be really good at GWS.
0: As you said, it was a crazy move. He's coming into his... Well, he's played... Since 2016, he was drafted... Since then, what's that, four years? He has played eighteen games. Eighteen games and he's going on to his third club. And still, you know, every time that he do, does step on, he, he seems to be seems to make an impact. He just can't keep a regular regular game in the side because he's going against Todd Goldstein and Max Gorn, Two of two of the you know top three ruckmen in the league. It's Look, it was he, a crazy
1: move. He's probably a bit too slow for a permanent forward, but when he played forward for Melbourne, uh, he actually kicked some goals and he actually Actually showed something and, and and showed a target instead of kicking to Bailey Fritch every single time, uh, and he, he impressed there. So Melbourne receives that uh, pick 31, which is a second round, GWS Giants pick. So Melbourne stockpiling the picks, get rid of Braden Proust who they didn't really need because their captain Max Gorn, is going to play most of the games anyway. If they if he gets injured, uh, their season's pretty much over anyway. So uh, Braden Proust has, has a lot to prove, and
0: GWS are on the rebound from having a shocking 2020. Yeah, most definitely. And speaking of North Melbourne, they are are the team that we we talk about next. I said shocking 2020. You said speaking of North. Exactly right. There he goes. (laughs) I was talking about the the Braden Proust. And and you know what? I actually can't be too judgmental with North Melbourne during this pod, Pez. And I'm going to ask you to hold your reserves because what they end up doing is they end up following the Behind the Boundary podcast advice and and actually restocking. They got rid of Ben Brown. We're going to talk about it later. But they also got a whole lot of different picks and some really, really promising uh, talent. So... Uh, good job for North. We try not to bash them during this. We'll wait, to wait till they actually perform poorly because oh, in the they've off season they've done well. They did well in this trade.
1: This is a, th- a three-way trade. So Great trade. And then, you know what?
0: There should be more three-way trades. I love a three-way <laughs>
1: trade. <laughs> we, we like three-way trades at Behind the Boundary podcast here. Yeah, but North um, North received uh, Lockie Young uh, from the Western Bulldogs. So he, he comes over to North. Uh, and they received a fourth-round pick which is pick 70, and they gave up pick 63. So they gave seven spots up in the draft and received a player in Lockie Young, who they'll most likely use because they don't have a list at the moment. Uh, Brisbane received that pick from North, as we said, but the Bulldogs received Stefan Martin, which is uh, a a big coup for them because uh, Tim English needs a lot
0: of help there in the ruck. Yeah, really, really big thing for... Um, Western Bulldogs One of the things That um, really struggled With them Is the inconsistency Of of getting that pill To their midfielders With that building midfield Which is going to be An elite uh, midfield On paper um, Is what you need You need first look At the pill and, And especially Where the Western Bulldogs Again I think Really underperformed This year the all eyes will be on them to really make some noise next year. And, and you know, an established ruckman, you know from listening to, to me, Pez, that in order to to win finals, and you look at the last you know 10 premiership winners, they've all had established ruckmans. Stefan Martin is definitely that. Yeah, you've got to have something. You can't have
1: no established ruckman. And uh, Stefan Martin, I, had a, I have a Bulldogs mate, and he was a bit... Oh, a, I think he's a great pick He's a bit weary back in Stefan Martin a bit at his age, but they need someone to help Tim English there. Tim English can play a little bit forward. Stephen Martin might play, you know, 60%, 70% in the ruck and just, just really help him out and really help him develop as a player. They've got that midfield around them as well. So uh, kudos to the Western Bulldogs there. They they didn't give up much. They gave up Lockie
0: Young, who probably wasn't going to be in the side anyway, So, and they got... Stephen Martin. Yeah, worst case scenario. Even if he is injured, or you know, he's a little bit of the old. I mean, he's thirty-four years old. You know, in football years as a ruckman, that's not that much wear and tear. You know, especially when you know, he's had a pretty good run over the last, you know, five or six years. He's played the majority of those games. Had a bit of an injury ridden uh, season this one, but you know, in the shortened season, still played eight games, which, which is pretty good. Um, I think that he'll be able to teach the the young pups there to, to be able to actually ruck and, and show them where to put it in there. And he's had success. He You know, he was rucking to a, a Brownlow medalist last year, and there's a reason that he is a Brownlow medalist, is that he, a lot of the time he got f- first look at the bill. Yeah, well, Lockie Neal got his
1: Brownlow medal. We, we liked it. We liked making some money on that. <laughs> and um, the next one is Lockie Fogarty uh, from your Geelong Cats
0: going over to Carlton source. Yeah, good little pickup for um, for Carlton here. And it was... Uh, <laughs> It's good for uh, for Mister Fogarty as well. He wasn't able to get into uh, the, the the regular start up with obviously Hawkins, and then obviously you know with uh, we'll discuss a little bit later was uh, Jeremy Cameron in there? You know he's he's been he's only a third year club player, third sorry a third year player. Averaging probably about five or six games, um, you know, the first year he had fifteen in his very first year, so he's got some talent there. It's just about staying on the park and you know building that consistency. Super young, twenty one years old. He's not as big as 2 meter Peter, only the one hundred and eighty, <laughs> but uh,
1: <laughs> no, nah, small smaller type guy who um, goes up forward and, and can kick some goals. So Carlton saw what they wanted with him and saw they could pick him up for cheap. They they also received the second round pick, which is currently thirty eight, and Geelong got pick thirty back, so it was a pick swap there. And then Geelong also get a third round pick, which is about fifty one. So, uh, yeah, Carlton lose eight spots in the in the draft in the second round, and then they get pick, uh, give up pick fifty one, and get Fogarty back. So, uh, probably win win for both sides there. I'd say.
0: Yeah, and and you know this sort of follows the trend of the next trade where Geelong um, traded away at Nakaya Kokatu, receiving a third round. Um Selection which was You know Attached to, to Melbourne A future third round pick Sorry Obviously making some room And some salary, ca- salary cap room So that they um, Can afford to sign Some of these players Trying to move some pieces Around to try And uh, at this stage They were trying to entice um, GWS to, to come to the park And uh, play
1: Yeah Because <laughs> they needed uh, Big Jezza Cameron a Coleman medalist From a couple of years ago But uh, Brisbane I think Brisbane Got a really good deal here They got Nakaya Cocker Who's shown real talent Hasn't been able to get on the park And you know what, in trade period, that's what you usually say, Source, You say, these are the players, oh, they've got some potential. They haven't been able to get on the park. If they get a good run at it, they'll do this. But I think Nakaya Cocker, too, is one of those players that, you know, might fit into Brisbane quite nicely and might uh, just go along. And uh, in a couple of years' time, Brisbane uh, Geelong fans would be like, oh, we let one slip.
0: Yeah, and look, it wasn't the fact that he couldn't get on the park. He just couldn't stay healthy. He just – this year was meant to be his year, his breakout year, and – he couldn't get on the park because of injury and because that, other people around him took his spot and, he, you know, every time he played, you're sort of getting there going, oh, my God, and you see brilliant, you know, sh- you know absolute um, shades of brilliance, you know, especially from his you know, from his uncle. He looked very similar to the way that, you know, Shea Cockatoo Collins used to play. But... <laughs> Brisbane had got an absolute steal in this one. Obviously couldn't get on the park for Geelong. Brisbane saw the opportunity. I don't know if he's a walk-up start in that Brisbane lineup, but he uh, adds some depth to that team, and it's a new start for him as well, you know. He's a, he's a bit closer to home up there. He's still 24 years of, uh, 24 years of age. That's, that's the age you want to get him at if you can uh, uh, for cheap, because
1: that's for cheap. And Nakai Kokatu has shown some talent. It, it's all right to take a risk on him for a third rounder and just be like, you know what? If we can if we can get him on the park and get him to, to do a couple of things, he might surprise and might uh, come
0: out of his shell and, and do a bit for us. And especially when as you said, Pez, you know, he's had a, a bit of a rough start to his career. He goes to a new club, new start, and you know, at the same time, while it's a, a new start for him, you also have that sense of well, this could be my last leg. If I can't impress here, I'm especially with the lists uh, becoming shorter. You're probably two years away from uh, not being in the AFL and um, or in the system. So for him, it's a great opportunity to 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 prove uh, how good a footballer he is. Yeah,
1: you're definitely right there. And uh, you mentioned the list sizes. Uh, List sizes dropped from 47 down to 44, and uh, I cannot believe that clubs didn't know this before the trade period.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, I thought more players would have. Uh, sorry, more, I thought the clubs would have pushed a little bit uh, harder to to know that knowledge because it makes an extreme amount of difference when unloading players. And maybe that's what like you know Geelong have just uh, unloaded a whole lot of players and got picks back. They might not have the list to be able to build that uh, anymore because <laughs> you're going to take some new talent or someone that's already there, a bit established in a, in a draft that's uh, not that not that uh, touted with talent. Yeah, oh, and, and that's uh, the thing. unknown talent probably a oh, better way to put it.
1: Yeah, and th- there's been a lot of talk about that this year, but. I've been thinking like Of course there have been No talent Like No one's seen any of them play yeah.
0: they, ha- they haven't played They've seen Ex- Except for the kid from the, the Western Bulldogs Northern Territory <laughs> yeah. Who's attached to him Apparently he's going to be The next Buddy Franklin But everyone else from that Is uh, no good so Yeah Apparently so There could be some Big surprises out of The big 2020 steals, draft big and And big steals Because if you take a risk
1: On a player who You know Had some potential When they were 17 You didn't see much of them When they were You know 18, 19 Heading into the draft uh, uh, Keep watch on that But uh, Adam Sard to Carlton finally got done uh Carlton they got Adam Sard, they got a third round pick and swapped their first round pick which was number 8 so they got 48 back for number 8 they also got a fourth round pick 78 and swapped it for 87 so a couple of draft swaps and uh Carlton got Adam side, so Essendon get pick eight, and they've got
0: six, seven, and eight now. Yeah, I think the the big story for this one is uh, Dodoro actually picked up the phone and 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 agreed to something. I think that's the the big the big uh, talking point here is that he actually dealt with another club in a way that uh, obviously wasn't uh, a great way to deal with him because he had the the same offer from day one to the end. But he got a deal done, which is which is rare for Essendon. So well done to Essendon in the trade period and well done to, to Dora to, to actually get a deal done. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well done. He did get a deal done and we know he's been a hard man to work with and Essendon supporters have been loving it. But, you know, it's sick. sometimes it comes back to bite Essendon on the backside, which... Uh, <laughs> Which it has uh, later in later in the trade talk that we'll we'll speak about.
0: Yeah, and, and for Carlton this is an amazing uh, pick up for them. I didn't realise that he was only twenty six years old, Adam Saad. Oh, I feel like he's been around the that's
1: league. The age bracket. I feel <laughs>
0: like he's been around the league for for so long, uh, and that's because you know he plays so many games and he is such a, a solid staple. You know, through his whole career he hasn't played anything less than. oh, take out the the you know you, he's actually going to be a third club player too. Third club player. And, and that's incredible, like because he did get drafted. So so young and for the first year he played 16 games as a, that 18 year old and he's a, he's an absolute talent. He fits perfectly in Essendon's lineup. I don't know how he actually fits in Carlton's because that's not the style of football that they play. Come, so it's come, gonna come, come. They come out of the back line pretty slowly. They do, they, uh, they do, and one of his strengths is, you know, he's an elite kick and he moves that ball quickly and be able to counter, but... Does he change their whole their whole game plan and what they've been working on? It's,
1: uh, it's he going to be very so. strange. He should hope so. He, he knows he's going in there to play a role, and he's not a midfielder. No. He, he's not. He has to run off half-back, and he has to take it on. You watch his highlights, Gold Coast and Eston. He just gets it, and he bolts, and he hits a target, and that's what you need. If Carlton can do that, Carlton can, you know, break that first line of defence... And get it into their forward line a little bit quicker They might be find them finding themselves scoring a lot more goals
0: Yeah they could and, and they got better around the ground as well And one of the things that uh, Carlton have always had a lot of uh, success in is their back line But one of the things that has obviously stapled their, their growth Is that, that slow movement and uh, costly turnover So bringing in some elite talent at that, uh, that position And you know the good teams have a quarterback and that's the sort of role that he plays. And he sort of, you know, really established that role in acid in And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that he won a lot of games off their boot, but he definitely kept them in games with that style of play.
1: Yeah, and, and got them cheap goals at the other end. Uh, 100%. When, when they wouldn't have got it without him. So uh, Adam Saad in a Carlton jersey we look forward to seeing it in 2021. We move on to Aliyah Lear and I cannot believe this. Aliyah Aliyah goes to Port Adelaide. Sydney receives a future second-round pick. I really rate Alira as a talent. He is confident. He takes the game on. He can take an overhead grab. He can play at both ends of the ground. I prefer to see him in defence when he can, you know, defend one-on-one and then actually take the mark and just go, and he And he does do that. I love watching Aliyah Aliyah play, and uh,
0: seeing him in a Port Adelaide jumper will be quite weird. It will be extremely weird, um, but the, the thing that is is really exciting about Alia. Sorry, I didn't stutter. Then that's actually <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. Is again, he's in that bracket, Pez, twenty six years old. But the more exciting thing is that he's still learning the game, and that's what's so exciting. He, you know, he, he's it's incredible to think that you know he's he's actually only in his fourth season of AFL football, and he's already become a, a real impreg- you know, integral part of Sydney's lineup and last year we or this year sorry we saw him uh, go up forward and start to learn and develop that role he's got so much versatility around the goal uh, the ground he's tall he's athletic he goes uh, in the ruck sometimes yeah so like and you know what you love seeing him he loves playing footy he loves playing footy and you can see that he's got that thirst for knowledge you know those famous scenes when he was uh, you know matching up against roughhead in that uh, VFL game and he's asking questions and asking yep. he wants to learn Amazing pickup for the, you know, Port Adelaide in that up and coming season, trying to see if they can back it up.
1: Mate, I, I love the pickup. I think he's going to be in the wrong jumper because he would have fit in perfectly to St Kilda's list at the moment. I think slotting him him in to centre-half back uh, with Dougal Howard down at full-back, I think that would have been amazing. If we could have got him for a future second rounder, it, the deal should have been done. But maybe he wanted to go to Port Adelaide. We don't know the backstory, but when I saw this deal... I messaged uh, my family group
0: chat, all St Kilda supporters, and just said, you know what? You uh, should have got a Lear earlier, yeah? Yeah, you should have got a Lear earlier here. That's hard to say. Um, <laughs> but you, you are right there. He would have been a perfect fit for St Kilda, but I actually think he's a perfect fit for uh, Port Adelaide as well because one of the things that we spoke about during both their finals was the lack of depth back there, uh, and they needed someone who was able to run with those, those taller forwards. They've seen that. They've addressed that. Whether he plays there or not, but he, he can definitely compete with the best of those forwards and at least, you know, learn to sort of put a stop to some of the, the things that really killed them. Yeah, so, uh, you know,
1: sliding him into Port Adelaide at the end of last season, you know, shore it up across the back line down there. He's been known in his career to make mistakes, but I think watching him pretty closely, I think he, uh, he kicks the ball well. He makes the right decision most of the time and uh, he'll continue to improve, as we said. So that's really, really big. The next trade was another big one. North losing their best player. Uh, Sean Higgins <laughs> going to Geelong And North get a second round pick Which is pick number 30 Couldn't have got any higher than that Sean Higgins Higgins at his age Geelong really wanted to try him out And try and get Paddy Dangerfield Tommy Hawkins another another run at it
0: Yeah and I'm very skeptical about this one. Obviously, you do the deal if you can get it done. You know, the last he's a 32 year old sort of AFL football player going for. The seems to the trends of this uh, is the third club, so Bulldogs, North Melbourne, and now Geelong. Uh, But he was still averaging a decent amount of you know possessions. He's averaging probably 10, 15 touches at North Melbourne. You know, when he's absolute prime, he was averaging close to to 21, 28. Um, you know, the last couple of years, so it's uh, he's not going to get that outlet at um, Geelong, but he does add some extra depth and, and basically he'll play a little bit more up forward, a direct replacement for, for Gary Ablett.
1: Oh, yeah, pretty much. So uh, if he can play on the wing, he's got silky smooth skills, and uh, I'm a bit more optimistic about this get than you are, Sauce, because uh, I think his skill just in his footy. Uh, they have to. A lot of teams have to t- work on their kicking and work on hitting targets and things. And Sean Higgins is an absolute gun at doing that. So at Geelong, I think he'll fit in nicely in, in a top team. He's been a. He, remember, he's been in a bottom side for most of his career. He's been at North his, for the last his whole career, whatever. And he's been whole at career. Bulldogs before that. So uh, he gets to go to a top four contender and a premiership contender and see what he can do. I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, look, look, I'm happy with that one that we didn't lose too much out of it. You know, we, we basically uh, we kept some of those young players that were, were getting a game. There was talks of us having to give up maybe someone like Radigalia or even Jordan Clark and, you know, even uh, Brandon Parfitt was, was told that we might lose during this trade period. We kept all those players that um, played in our premiership. Uh, was, you know, the grand final, so I'm happy with that. We gave up a, a second-round pick, which, which, you know, is not a big deal when you're competing for a premiership the next year, so... We'll see how that goes. I'm still a little bit uh, not sold on that one. You're I'm very sceptical. I'm very sceptical on that one.
1: Well, we'll wait and see. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it on behind the boundary in season 2021. The next one is the first player to become a four club player. If he can get a game, because I only count him as a four club player, source if he gets a senior game, it's Tom Hickey. He goes over to the Sydney Swans, who have been struggling in the ruck department and the forward department in a lot of departments, Sydney, in the past couple of seasons. So they received Tom Hickey, a second-round pick, which is 34, and a third-round pick, which is number 60 for this season. West Coast get a third-round pick, which is 58, a fourth-round pick, which is 62, a future second round, which is Port Adelaide's, and a future third round, which is Sydney's.
0: Yeah, decent sort of uh, deal there, Pez. You've, uh, he played probably most of his uh, career at St Kilda after starting his career at the Gold Coast and then going on to West Coast. Good pick-up for the West Coast? Well, oh not, not a good pick-up for West Coast. A because good pick-up for Sydney, for sorry mate,
1: good pick-up oh, for Sydney. They didn't have him for long, but Sydney, uh, I guess they need someone in there to ruck and uh, they're going to try and get Tom Hickey to do it. That's what West Coast did, but they had Nick Natnui and when Nick Natnui got healthy and played most of the season, Tom Hickey didn't really have a role. Uh, they've also got uh, Nathan Vardy over at West Coast who they're going to keep as their backup. Uh, but pre- by the pre- Premiership things. player Nathan Vardy, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, just,
0: yeah. just all that's right, ridiculous.
1: All right, all right. But yeah, Tom Hickey goes over to Sydney. So Sydney, we think. Look, can they come up and and compete? Tom Hickey has to do a role in the in the ruck there. Uh, I think he can do his role with the, his tap work around the ground. He struggles a bit. He struggles with his mobility. Uh, he can kick a goal every now and then, but he can't really, you know, take a mark on the lead or take a contested mark or things like that. He just has to fall in his lap. So uh, ruck work tick. Everything else. Not so much, but Sydney, they needed, some, needed a ruckman. They didn't have to give up too much. They actually got, uh, well, they, they got some good stuff out of it in terms <laughs> of uh, pick 34, pick 60, and only had to give up pick uh, 58 and 62. So they improved there and had to give up some futures. So they win for season 2021 at least.
0: Yeah, and, and Sydney aren't uh, going to be making finals next year. It keeps them, uh, you know, builds up their, their ruck stock for, for the next... For the next year or so And uh, what do they get? They get a, a pick out of it as well So uh, it's, it's You know it's, it's a bit of a nothing trade It's it's good good on Tom Hickey For keeping the dream alive But uh, Let's get on to some bigger news pairs Another big, big trade uh, Another pick swap, swap. Yes uh, it's, it's, That's the fourth or fifth one And it's with Melbourne It is with Melbourne And your, your favourite uh, With North Melbourne No you're looking at the wrong one, I think. I'm looking at the one above it, sorry. Yeah. So, looking for, look, just North are so active during this period, I just thought it was them. I think
1: it's with them. But, no, but uh, Melbourne with Sydney, as we were just speaking about, they do a pick swap. Uh, Melbourne get pick 25 and Sydney get pick 31. And then Sydney also received pick 43. So, we know Melbourne have stockpiled a lot of picks earlier that we've spoken about. So, they're getting rid of a pick because, uh, you know, they're not going to use all these picks that they've got. So, they got rid of two picks and they got one. So, they moved up six spots in the draft. And got rid of another pick that they probably weren't going to use, so... uh. Win-win for
0: them, Pez. Uh, Definitely get on to the the next one there. Ben Brown, the big one, North Melbourne. uh, They get rid of uh, their their big uh, forward, (laughs) who... uh, Two years removed, Coleman medalist uh, couldn't really get it on the, the scoreboard, the longest run-up ever, and he gets sent off to Melbourne as well as a um, pick 28 and, and a future fourth-round selection, which which is pretty incredible when you think about it.
1: Yeah, so it's a, a little bit of a pick swap because uh, North get pick 26 back and they get pick 33, and then that another future fourth-rounder, which is tied to Brisbane, which you'd imagine would be a little bit worse than uh, what? melbourne would receive but the big story is ben brown going there ben brown thought he was going to be a north player through and through he thought he was going to move over to tasmania where he grew up and uh and do all that but melbourne aren't going to be doing that but what melbourne do need source is they need a tall forward i don't know if ben brown is the tall forward they need but at least they got him he can kick a goal he can get on the lead he, if he gets some space he's a very accurate kicker goal he's a common medalist as you said and uh a uh,
0: great pickup for Melbourne in my eyes. It's a great pickup for Melbourne, not only because they get a you know a, a decent sort of forward who is probably good at getting about forty goals if he has the right delivery. The, the you know their their backup forward who was playing sometimes as their main forward, Tom McDonald, when he was the second tier forward to Jesse Hogan. He he was in the best form of his career, so he gets that opportunity to be that second forward if they can keep him up forward, uh, and I think they get better in that forward line. He is a, a you know a person that is very very rigid in terms of structure. He's a one one trick pony where he leads to the one spot and hits it. Hopefully Melbourne can get some good forward entries. We know that has been a real struggle for them, but it's a huge pickup for Melbourne and it's um it's a good pickup for North as well because they're doing the rebuild prop, rebuild properly. They're just gutting everything, getting as many picks as they can. And as you said, I wonder if they'll get to that forty-four mark on the list. They probably will. <laughs> there is not many people left. But they delisted a lot of people.
1: I need to get all the draft picks and things like that. But uh, the next one is uh, St Kilda. They get Jack Higgins and a couple of uh, pick swaps, and then a, a little bit of a future pick swap as well. So St Kilda get Jack Higgins from the Tigers. They get their first round pick, which is twenty-one, and they give back pick seventeen, so a four four pick slip, and then they give a future fourth round, uh, and then they get a second round back for that so Richmond got a second round for a fourth rounder they get got four spots better in the first round and uh, gave up Jack Higgins who was on the on the fringe
0: yeah on the fringe uh, you know the the last three years he's really struggled to get into that side he did play in that uh, 2018 grand final but unfortunately didn't get a game in the the 2020 grand final he did have that uh, that brain injury that he was uh, recovering on but Long time St Kilda fan, and uh, he was a little bit excited when he heard the news. He did have the old celebration. He uh, put up a couple of photos of when he was younger, barracking for St Kilda. So that's uh, good news for Saints there, Pez.
1: Yeah, two double oh nine uh, prelim final with the Bulldogs. He was pretty happy when uh, St Kilda won that and got into the grand final <laughs> that year. And uh, as a young guy, you you know, he would have dreamed of playing for St Kilda then. And he, look, lots of people do when they when they're young and and doing that and. His dreams actually come true. He played for Richmond, so his dream already came true, but now he gets to play for the club that he loves and uh, I'm sure he'd still love them deep down and uh, now he gets to put on that jumper and hopefully he can provide something for them. There's been a lot of talk that will play in the midfield. I think uh, I think he's going to play it forward and then pinch hit in the midfield here and there, but hopefully he can fit in nicely to that St Kilda lineup and uh, improve us.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Jack Higgins has the tank uh, to play in the midfield at long stints of time, but down uh, down forward, it'd be great for a little inclusion. He's a good little goal sneak, you know, classically winning the 2018 goal of the year where he sort of craftily uh, threw the ball onto his boot going around the, the goalpost, but a uh, great little pick-up for St Kilda, and as you said, childhood dream. Good luck to the kid. Good luck to him. Oh, definitely,
1: and uh, hopefully, you know, He becomes a common medalist and uh, thank God to get that top four spot.
0: Yeah, moving on to the next one, (laughs) Uh, we're going to ignore that one, is we had Alex Witherton uh, from Brisbane got sent over to West Coast with a fifth-round pick, which was currently attached at number 86. Brisbane received a third-round pick, currently 58, and a future third-round selection. We're seeing a lot of those two picks uh, and a player going to get something back. This is a big pickup for West Coast. I think this is a a great part, a great trade, and I can't believe Brisbane – didn't really get much back for it. It blew my mind a bit.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm liking this. Uh, Witherden, he, play, he played some games and he impressed me playing late in the season for Brisbane and just couldn't stay in the side. And uh, West Coast pick him up. West Coast, as a contender, Witherden gets to go across that half-back line. He's got a booming kick on him. He's got a very accurate kick and I really like Witherden as a player. So if West Coast can get the ball in his hands coming off the half-back line, kicking it up, hopefully get it to those forwards in Kennedy and Darling and... Whoever else they've got up there with, uh, if Willie Rowley gets uh, his band overturned and things like that, but yeah, yeah, probably not. But uh, we can always dream because I like watching Willie Rowley play.
0: It's good to see uh, Big Willie on the on the the field. It's a shame that they've had to hide Willie. That's uh, one of the games that I like Uh, used to play when I was a little bit younger, mate. Uh, But. You but can't be doing that. <laughs> I could easily do that, uh, Pez. Uh, Alex Wilden, though, when uh, 2019, when they surprised, uh, Brisbane surprised a lot of people, he was a big part of that in defence and um, just couldn't find a regular gig in 2020 uh, with injury and you know, fall out of favour with uh, obviously the success that Brisbane had. But uh, great little pick up and um, they didn't really give up much West Coast, so it's a perfect pick up for them. And West Coast are getting better and better, mate. They're slowly building a nice little list. Better and
1: better. I so saw today, delisted uh, Lewis Jetta. Bit of a surprise in in some people's eyes, but obviously, not working not working really hard, and uh, they've got Alex Witherton, and obviously to uh, replace him off the half back line there.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what you would say to that, Pez. I'm
1: I'm <laughs> thinking Lewis Jett is going to be picked up by someone. I, I think can he
0: can he be picked up now? He's been delisted. Can teams just it's good. The draft's coming up, so he's going to go into the draft, is he? Draft or the rookie draft, probably Pre-season draft. Where would he fit in, Lewis he Would be good. And, uh, He'd be good on a little Gold Coast. Oh, oh, that's the first club that came yeah. to my mind. A little bit of experience, uh, a senior sort of player, a little bit of an X Factor. Yeah, he'd fit yeah. nicely there. Yeah, oh, right. I'll, I'll, let I'll, I'll let him know. Let him know. Go from there. All right, speaking of people that are letting um, teams know, Pez, I'm letting you know straight off, this is one of the deals... Of the trade period North Melbourne Absolutely cleaned up They got Jaden Stephen And Artu Bosnavila I'm surprised you wanted To have a go with that I did want to let let me (laughs) say (laughs) that Yeah And a second round pick Which is currently 39 From Collingwood With that massive drama That is going on At Collingwood at the moment Uh, Their overhaul of the list And the they're tapping people on the shoulder and kicking them out the door. They only received a second round pick, at, which is currently twenty six. A second round pick, which is thirty three, and a fourth round pick, which is seventy. Which is incredible from a, a rising star, a, a you know a forward in his first year that kicked a goal in a grand final, which is something that a lot of forwards you know won't be able to say. Crafty little forward has had a little problem, has a little bit of a problem in the punt, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm we'll take it, responsibility for that. I'm backing him in, We'll mate. take
1: responsibility for that with our Cheeky <laughs> Pump pod that, we're, that we do as well. But uh, Jaden Stevenson, I think this is an absolute steal. I agree absolute. with you, Source, because uh, he's going to North, but uh, good to see what he can do without much uh, delivery down there. But he's quick off the mark, and he, he starts Crafty. games off really, really well. Rising star from a couple of seasons ago fell out of favour. I think Bucks was playing him... Out Defend- of, defender at one stage on the wing, and then he Decoy? went into defense, and it was just strange. So, Stevenson, uh, North, whoever the coach is, play him up forward. Uh, when the ball goes down there, let him, let him do his thing, he'll kick you some goals, let him do his thing, and uh, uh great deal for them. And they get R2 as well, who uh.
0: Get around him. Get around him. He actually uh, benefited the pod, Pez. Uh, we, we, we had a bet on him for in the first game. You know, when we went through that trend of all those players having their first game, he kicked a nice little goal for Collingwood. He kicked three in his first game, 3-5 or something like that. Probably wasn't five, it was probably 3-2. But he, he looks good. It, they got two forwards there, so automatically replacements for Ben Brown and already, I think, makes their forward line a little bit more mobile because that was one of the issues with North Melbourne. They were very stagnant. They were very Ben Brown-centric. Two young forwards in the right age bracket. Pairs even younger than the age bracket. It's a it's a good pick up for North. Oh, it, it's
1: unbelievable. So we move on to another pick swap, and if it's a pick swap, who's involved? Source. Ah, Melbourne. 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 is stocking up. <laughs> get around them. It's a blockbuster. Melbourne <laughs> are actually giving the uh, their pick twenty five that they just got recently, and we just spoke about. It's hard to keep track. And they get pick eighteen and nineteen back, and a future second round. And they gave up two fourth-round picks, which are 68 and 69, and a future first-round selection. So Melbourne going pretty pretty broad giving that uh, first-round selection up in the future because I don't think Melbourne are going to be very good. So
0: Brisbane <laughs> uh, Brisbane doing all right out of that. They are doing all right out of that. Uh, but they are actively involved. A lot of Melbourne supporters probably thinking, hey, hang on a tick, why couldn't we uh, actually get anyone except Ben yeah. Brown? Uh, but they are acquiring they a lot. They're getting a lot of picks. So there must be something that they're building towards. Because you wouldn't actively shop as many picks as you are trying to acquire without having a plan of attack. It would be interesting to see what happens there.
1: Definitely. And uh, I was very interested to see if a Ratio Fantasia would get across to Port Adelaide. Finally, finally. And he did after a couple of years. And uh, Port Adelaide get Fantasia, they get pick 73. And Essendon get pick 29 in a future
0: third rounder. 29? <laughs> For a bloke that didn't play last year is in injury-ridden. I know that there's a system there, but... you got to take the risk. You've you got to take it. What do you think of this? I was talking about this with a mate earlier today. Port Adelaide, their forward line was pretty good, pretty structured. How does he fit in there? Does that mean that pushes Robbie Gray a little bit more into that midfield?
1: It, it has to. That's the only thing you can think of because they've got those you know small-type players down there. Yeah, that they've got can the younger ones too. They can kick goals and, and, and do those sorts of things. So uh, Robbie Gray... Do they want him more in the midfield? Do they want Fantasia more in the midfield? I don't see him really as a midfielder, especially with a year off footy and his uh, tank won't be as, as good. So, uh, yeah, I think Port Adelaide, they're in, they're in contention.
0: They've in got to window. give it up. They're in that window.
1: They've got to give up pick 29. Pick 29 isn't going to be playing in the next couple of years for Port Adelaide, so uh, they're trying to go for it.
0: Yeah, they are definitely trying to go for it. Talking about teams that were trying to go for it, but for some reason had a lot of lot of salary cap issues, because uh, that's what I'm gathering from it, is Collingwood. Before we get into this, Pez, have you ever seen a trade period where a team has just Automatically Shit the bed basically Because Won the wooden spoon what, what, what has absolutely Happened with Collingwood They went through An absolute spiral Of events From the Adam Trelaw Fiasco To getting rid of A rising star From three years ago Offloading Tom Phillips And you know They're just Clearing shed to come, have the coach come out and say, uh, you know, a range of different things around one player is like, um, you know, well, the, the leadership group uh, don't believe that you're a, you're a good bloke around the footy club, and he's like, well, that's news to me. Or don't you want to go up there to with your wife? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm okay, I'm happy to stay here. Oh, uh, well, uh, we, we, we don't want to pay you that much, mate.
1: No one likes you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get <What>? out. <laughs> what?
0: And he's just like, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy to stay. It was
1: a shambles. Collingwood supporters shambles. are not happy about it. On social media, they've been going, what the hell is going on at Collingwood? They gave up Tom Phillips to Hawthorne, and Hawthorne, they get some good deals out of this. They uh, gave up pick 65, which is a nothing pick, and got Tom Phillips. Now, I don't rate Tom Phillips that highly, but he's better than a pick 65. will come out and do so. uh Get Tom Phillips down there. They got Scully for, like, pick 73 the other year, which was a bargain as well. And uh, Hawthorne just getting those bargains and Collingwood just uh, shitting
0: the bed, as you said. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. But, you know, Tom Phillips, he did all right in a, in when he had the opportunities last year. As you said, you don't rate him as a, as a decent sort of player, but he's going to give you 15, 16 sort of touches. He might sneak up and snag a goal here and there. He knows he's ran around the pill. He's had some premiership experience in terms of, you know, the, of a team that was, you know doing really well in that higher end and then being the hunted so great pickup for Hawthorne doesn't make their list a whole lot better probably not but it, you know as you said it's a nice little little side deal and it's more to the point of uh, articulating what the hell are Collingwood doing okay
1: we don't know and we'll be speaking about what they're doing in a couple of trades time but this this first trade is Dry Caldwell who was uh linked to St Kilda early in in the final series and uh He's actually come into Essendon, so Essendon have picked him up. They picked up a pick 44 and pick 74, and GWS picked up pick 29 and a future second rounder. So GWS have improved in the in the draft for this year, a future second round as well. So they improved there and uh, give up Jai Coldwell, who did not want to be there, couldn't couldn't find his way in, played
0: a couple of games uh, and. Plays at Essendon, who will slot into that midfield. Yeah, GWS were not happy about losing this, uh, and they fought really hard to, to try and get some decent return from him. But uh, a former number eleven pick in uh, the 2018 draft, a midfielder, they uh, were really excited about him and trying to get him the games. Obviously, with you know GWS having that midfield talent and them doing so well, they were absolutely heartbroken to to lose him. And but for Essendon, that's a huge pickup, and it's. I know GWS were not happy about receiving a, hard, you know, a future second-round pick, but when the bloke hasn't played a lot and he's in that lower age bracket and he's not on a lot of money, you can't expect to, to get so much back for, for potential. And I think GWS were probably the team that were unfortunate during this trade period, whereas Collingwood, you know, absolutely, as we said, shit the bed. But GWS were unfortunately uh, raided a little bit. And, uh, I think they were getting a little bit frustrated with... Uh, how rated they were getting? Oh, how rated they're getting!
1: They had what do they have? 142 first round picks when they first started, and uh, they, they're bound to get rated sooner or later.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe.
1: Oh, they have to be rated. They've been rated every single year. They lose, they lose talent here and there. Dylan Shield, Adam Trelaw, they they lose high end talent all the time. And now they're at a stage where they kind of need to keep that talent because. All the talent has started to go, and they've still got a lot of talent there. So, uh, Jai Caldwell, as a young player, you know what? If, if you wanted him so badly,
0: just play him and promise him the world, and and it, you couldn't could, fit it, him could, in. it couldn't fit him into that side. And you can't play him out of position because realistically, GWS were stacked at every position. It was probably a bit disappointing to have the season they did, but where where does he fit in? He's stacked at that, and then you see, you know, their draft pick from last year. He gets into the side, and he's an automatic walk-up start, like you're right, he can't be a part of that future if you're not giving him a game. So it's disappointing for them. I think, it's, I, think I have a soft spot for, for GWS until they rated, uh, rated Geelong for three picks, but because they seem to be that club, you know, similar to our team in the NBA pairs, that small market team where you build up some talent, you draft these players, and then as soon as they get decent, see you later.
1: Yeah, and the, the next trade is uh, the biggest trade, I, I will say. Well, one of the biggest trades, the next two are uh, Adam Trelaw, who they wanted to ship him off to Gold Coast last season. They wanted to ship him off to Gold Coast again. They had to come out and say, mate, the team doesn't like you. The leadership group voted you out. Uh, we don't want to pay you the 900000 a year. He's been contracted for the next five years at Collingwood. And
0: uh, out the door, mate. Out the door, and even uh, Collingwood even said that they would pay $300,000 of their contract for another team to pick him up. They were desperate to get rid of him, so they obviously overcooked the books there at Collingwood's. Um, but great news for the Bulldogs in terms of, um, you know, as you said, probably one of the biggest deals. They receive Adam Trelaw, two second round picks, which are currently now 26 and 33, and a third round pick, currently 20, uh, 42. Collingwood receives a first round pick, which is 14. And uh, a future second round selection, which is crazy. And the Bulldogs have a father-son pickup, and pick
1: fourteen is probably what they would have had to use to get him. But they've got picks back that they have enough points to get him. So that's crazy. They give up pick fourteen, which is nothing for them, because they and they get back the same thing because they they're going to use the same picks to get that same player, and uh, they get Adam Trelaw as well. So they get him pretty much for free. They have got to pay him possibly six hundred, might be three hundred, two hundred, or one hundred thousand, whichever would are paying him. We don't know. Uh, it's not official or anything, but the rumour was about 300000 source. So Bulldogs, get him for 600000
0: for a player of that calibre. Uh, slot him in there. You can't say no. You can't say no, and it's, uh, it's an interesting one because the Western Bulldogs instantly get better with that acquisition, but in terms of their talent, it's not doubted that they've got a lot of talent around that midfield. It will be interesting to see... How actually uh, impactful it is on the field? They're going to get another player that accumulates a lot of the football. There's going be, not going to be enough pill to go around at the at the Western Bulldogs. I well, think there's not.
1: And uh, one of the things that we we are going to talk about later. You know what we have to talk about it now is Josh Dunkley for the Bulldogs who requested a trade to Essendon. There was a lot of stuff early on.
0: Didn't end up going to Essendon. Bulldogs well, didn't well, that's want to because do he only said he said I'll only go to Essendon or I'm happy to stay there for another year. Like, yeah. That's crazy. That's so, weird, that. So they're going to keep him. They
1: they used him out of position this year. They played him as a second ruck, <laughs> which is uh, pretty ludicrous. Uh, but they've got in uh, the, the big fella, Stefan Martin, next year and Tim English. So he doesn't need to play second ruck. He's going to have to adjust. in the midfield, he, he probably doesn't have a spot there. They've got so much talent in that midfield. Tommy Libertore is not playing anywhere else but the midfield.
0: Yeah. You've got... Uh, Bailey Smith, Bailey Smith, Bailey Smith, third year player. Happen, oh. He's the only player in that midfield that they currently have. Take out obviously Libo who doesn't play full time midfield. He sort of comes off that that um, well that wing position as well. Sometimes he plays off that absolute superstar McCray. that up and in under player that goes and gets the pill. But then you look at these ones: Dunkley, an accumulator of the football. Dunkley, sorry, a hunter accumulator of the football you're going to have Trelaw in there, accumulator of the football. Like, all of those players can average 40-plus touches. <laughs> Look, Hunter, Hunter's going to a half-back. He's going to
1: a wing, something like that. I don't know what they're going to do with Dunkley. They're probably going to play him off a half-forward line. Bontepelli? Uh, Bontepelli Bonte, Bonte might have to become a permanent forward. Caleb, with this Caleb Daniel
0: goes in there a bit Place
1: plays. It's... Uh, their, their strength is the midfield, obviously, and they've got a really good midfield going in. But please do not make the mistake of saying Bulldogs are going to win the premiership like people did last year because they were nowhere near it. They don't have the forward line for it. They don't have the defence for it. So they've got to keep growing and keep building. And they've got a couple of pieces now in that midfield that they might have to offload to improve their other lines because
0: you're great having a good midfield. You've got to have someone to kick it to. Yeah, and, and that's... that's um I don't know as I said, I don't know if it's a good pickup. I mean, obviously, you're getting an upgrade in talent, but if you can't ship out uh, Dunkley and sort of go get a forward, which is something that they desperately need, um, or even even a you know a key defender, then it'll be an interesting experiment, probably to say the least. Uh, you reckon, Pez? Uh, because to me, you know, a lot of mouths to feed in that midfield, and Dunkley was the reason he wanted out was because he wanted more midfield time. Well, he's definitely not going to get that now. He's gonna to have to, you know, adjust. He's a, uh, you know, a couple of years away from being in the the All Australian f- top forty that he was in before he had that injury. Couldn't uh, couldn't get s- some regular time in the midfield, and obviously that's uh, not where he wanted to play. So, place to watch, I think, in the Bulldogs because I think it could go one of two ways. They could sort of, you know, it's not surprise people, but they could build a, a nice sort of consistent list and it could really gel in there, or it could be an absolute implosion. Yeah, unpopular opinion here. I don't think it's going to help them too much because I, I think I, they had a really yeah. strong
1: uh, midfield to begin with anyway. If they were able to keep Dunkley and not get Trelaw, they got him for free. So this is the thing. we're yeah. not. You can't have a go at the Bulldogs for getting him for free pretty much. You've got to pay him $600,000. they have got no one else to pay anyway. But uh, I think where they needed to improve was their forward line and their defence. They weren't able to do it. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a contender for the top four even with the accusation of Trelaw and keeping Dunkley. I think they're going to be fighting for the finals like usual and probably lose that first elimination final like they did in 2020.
0: Yeah, but they won a premiership in 2017, so it's okay.
1: 2016, they did. And oh, sorry, uh, if sorry. I was a Bulldog supporter, I'd be very happy with that because uh, I've never seen a premiership. But
0: uh, <laughs> but, but Pez, I think yeah. they would have been better to acquire uh, uh, R2 and uh, Jaden Stevenson. That would have been actually a better deal for them, a per- more perfect fit with what they had if they were going to keep Dunkley. If you're going to keep Dunkley, then... I reckon it would have been better for them to acquire some more forward presence. Adding Chad Stevenson to the Bulldogs would have been... Would have been perfect. Would have been amazing. Freeze up Mitch Wallace. You allow Aaron Norton some more time to sort of uh, to develop. You've I'm also got a couple of those blokes. Lipinski that's,
1: that pops up. You've I think f- he's going to get a game now. You're going to forget that Aaron Norton didn't play the start of last season. But uh, Aaron Norton, he's, he's their oh, best yeah, forward. Yeah. <laughs> he's their key forward. Gonna I mean, about him. He's uh, he's going to be up there. But Bruce, is, Bruce has always been a third-tier forward. So... If he's if he's your first or second thing, you you can't be going you can't be going at that. You need you need more than that, and I think uh, it doesn't improve them too much. Bulldog
0: supporters are excited. Oh, as Me. you would be, as you would be. Bulldogs excited just to be in the AFL. That's the that's, as I told you, <laughs> they've got that attitude. It's like, hey, yeah, we're here. Uh, if St Kilda didn't get Brad Crouch,
1: we would have got Chalor. And even though they did get Brad Crouch, I actually wanted Chalor because Chalor would have been a better fit for you guys. The biggest. Um, hole in St Kilda is our midfield. Yep. So adding Crouch and Trelaw would have been amazing and we would have been in contention. Yep. Uh, because our forward line's decent and rowing with Max King and our defense is decent. We just need a centre half back if Carlisle's gonna stay and what's going on there. But
0: uh yeah that's that's our fault. Uh, I think if Trelaw wasn't on that sort of money then most definitely St Kilda would have would have picked him up but I don't think you could have picked up Crouch and Trelaw. You had to pick one or two, and realistically, they're the same sort of player. Uh, Crouch obviously playing in, you know, he's he's had some Premiership experience. Trelaw's have had the Premiership experience as well, so it's you know, it's it's a good little pickup. He's cheaper. He does the same thing. He's going to get you thirty possessions, but as you said, it beefs up that midfield. Is exactly what they needed, Saint Kilda.
1: Yeah, and we talk about the—I uh, don't know if it's the second biggest or the biggest trade. Probably the biggest trade with what probably was, the biggest in terms of names. What I was inv- what was involved? And uh, Jeremy Cameron trade. Uh, Geelong—they got Jeremy Cameron. They got two future second-round picks uh, from Essendon, and uh, Greater Western Sydney—they got all three first-round picks from Geelong, which uh, you you thought they weren't even going to give up two source when I when I spoke to you on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they also picked up a future fourth rounder.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely wrong on that. I think they are definitely overpaid. Um, But I think upon reflection, you're obviously always going to go, if if Jeremy Cameron wants to come to you and you're in premiership contention, you're going to throw away the kitchen sink to get him they were playing chicken with GWS and you know the, the I don't know whether the game of chicken actually won because they end up getting the player that they wanted picks 13, 15, 20 and even the the future fourth round pick they're not going to be playing next season anyway for Geelong side they just come off uh, you know five goals short of a, of a premiership so for me it is a lot to give up i think they definitely overpaid for it but in the same regard Geelong haven't lost anything you're going to have Cameron for a, a 3 or 4 years and in 3 or 4 years Geelong seem to be a team that you know like they haven't been down the bottom of the ladder for so long. And look, there's they're three picks in the top 20. So overpaid for me, but uh, no one wouldn't do that trade. You have to do that trade
1: and you had to get it done. It had to be uh, very late that they did get it done. And uh, Jeremy Cameron, Coleman medalist from two seasons ago, they got Tommy Hawkins as a Coleman medalist. And Tommy Hawkins is a big assist man. So that's why I think Jeremy Cameron fits really well down here because he likes to get the uh, the goals over the top. He likes to not be the number one man and not really be that lead up type forward. Tom Hawkins can do that part, and Jeremy Cameron can be like that second tier. If if you're playing against Geelong, you're struggling. You've got to you've got to man up Hawkins. You have got to man up Cameron,
0: and then hey, if Dangerfield goes up forward, you might have to man up him as well. Let's address the the, the the tall timbers to begin with. Your number one defender, who does he go to? Do you go to the the current Coleman medalist or do you go to the the year before Coleman medalist? Like who, who does the number one forward go to? The number one defender
1: go to it. it depends what your number one defender does. Does your number one <laughs> defender play up the ground more? He goes to Cameron? And
0: that is where... Like, but the thing is, like, Hawkins has proven to play up the ground either. They play almost identical sort of roles. Hawkins, obviously, you know, coming up in age a lot more, and, and Jeremy Cameron's a lot, a little bit more creative and a little bit more mobile. But as you said, Hawkins doesn't always want to kick the goals. So, like, <laughs> if Jeremy Cameron gets that number one defender and he's now your second option as Hawkins, just you take him straight to the goal square and you make absolute meat of him and you kick ten. Oh this is gonna be scary looking at like it's scary do you yes. like Cameron down there. Like he's been
1: he's been one of the star forwards, that hybrid type forward that isn't the big monster. He's he's got that like thin type thin type body type where he can just run up and down the ground, run over the top, and you know, he can take the mark on the lead as well. But uh I think it just adds strength to Geelong and you know, Geelong are just going for it. They they missed out in that grand final this year and uh, they want to go for it again.
0: I mean, they've got to go for it. I mean, like, you're talking about uh, Jezza Cameron here. He's kicked 427 goals in, in his you know his eight-year career. That's, that's an amazing feat. He's averaging over 20 games – or sorry, over 15 games a year. It's going to be really scary. And I think that you forget, as you said, how mobile and how actually athletic he is. One-on-one, he's an amazing sort of contest. He can get you um, position-wise and beat you to the, to the spot and lead to a great spot. He also pushes up the ground. He's got a decent sort of tank on him for a big bloke. I love watching him kick inside 50 as well, which he had to do a little bit. He had to sacrifice
1: his game when, you know, GWS was struggling. He had to go up the ground and get the, get the marks up the ground and get the kicks inside forward 50. So if he can hit Tommy Hawkins <laughs> on the lead... Wow, that's uh,
0: that's very scary. And Geelong jump straight up in contention. Yeah, most definitely. And just an interesting thing for him: uh, nine times uh, and Westerns uh, Sydney's leading golden scorer. So nine years straight. So that's probably going to come to an end this year because Tomahawk back-to-back Coleman's for Tomah. The golden scorer. <laughs> so <laughs> lead, lead, yeah, golden. Get a bit
1: of, a bit of a soccer. <laughs> bit of the golden boot. Get the golden boot on Jezza. <laughs> get him around Nine times Is he going to compete With Tomahawk As you said uh, Who's going to get The golden boot there <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right moving on to the next one there mates uh, the, They definitely got the golden trade that one I think that's an absolute uh, no, I don't know if it's a steal But it's definitely one of the biggest trades In terms of what they gave away And but what they got back And I think both teams benefit from that one um, As we said GWS a little bit uh, shitty That they've been getting rated the last couple of years But they definitely got a nice little haul that, here And they had to because they could have just
1: chose not to match it And what would have they got? They peanuts. would have got picked 21. Oh, they they would have got
0: one pick, which is ridiculous because they can't couldn't sign him after nine years. Yeah. Anyway. They would have got picked 21, but they
1: got picked 13, 15, and 20. So thank you very much. We'll take that and we'll try and uh, do a miniature
0: rebuild and try and still compete next year. Uh, but the biggest trade of all no, not the biggest <laughs> not trade. Not the of biggest off. trade, but a little disappointing that this is the last trade that we seen. <laughs> the, the Jeremy Cameron one was toted for months leading up to that. And you know, it's sort of good when you finish off the trade with that nice little talk, but I said to this uh, before Pez when we were doing our planning, I said, Nick Hind, who who's that? He played for St Kilda, who, <laughs> <did>. who's that?
1: <laughs> he did, he, he struggled a bit, he's he's meant to be have a bit of pace and uh, kicked a couple of goals this season and uh, was in and out of the side, but uh, he wasn't going to be in the 22 for St Kilda, especially with Jack Higgins coming in, so uh, Essendon got Nick Hine. they got pick 77, St Kilda got pick 74 back and actually uh, picked 67 as well, so a couple of pick swaps and uh, St Kilda didn't get too much back, no one lost anything and... Yeah. We'll get rid of
0: Nick Hind and put another spot on our list. Yeah, I joked I didn't know who he was, but, you know, two-year player, one of those mature age sort of players that came in. He definitely, um, you know, made a name for himself in the VFL. He was Essendon's VFL side before he um, got picked up by them and uh, – sorry, by St Kilda. Yeah, a bit of a nothing sort of player. He'd probably give, give you 10 or so games, get a couple of goals here and there. He'd always sort of sneak up one for the in time goal scorers on Sportsbet, but – yeah, not not, uh, not a huge one. It's a bit disappointing. That a Great bit, way to end the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the show isn't a little bit disappointing, but uh, it was a good little show, Pez, and it was good to discuss uh, two weeks removed. <laughs> yeah,
1: two weeks removed. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it last week, Source, to yeah, talk no, about the I end of that, no, no. but that's all right. Uh, we'll be back. I can't promise a date or anything because we don't know next when Thursday. Source will be available. <laughs> don't you be doing that, Source. But uh, you know what? Our next show, we might have to talk about who won, who lost. Things like that from the trade period, what what teams got in,
0: what teams lost, Uh what players are coming out of contract and things like that? Maybe one of those uh, way too early sort of calls for 2021 that we love to make pairs just straight looking at list alone, not looking at dynamics or looking at fixture or anything. Just a little bit of uh, where we think they're going to finish and maybe leaving a bit of a, you know, some sort of report card, I guess, you know, who won, who lost the, the trade period. I mean, it's very clear who lost, but. Um, oh, well, Collingwood are the losers. Collingwood definitely a loser. But Bulldogs s- are the winners. Geelong are the winners.
1: Uh, I'd say Bulldogs first. Well, well, that's why we're having a pod next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we'll go from there. Uh, good to get back on it again. Hopefully, uh, the listeners have enjoyed that, and uh, we'll jump on board our Twitter at behind the bound, uh, Instagram at behind the bound as well, and Facebook behind the boundary podcast, which will be very active in the AFL season. We can't wait Source, uh, for the AFL season to come back. There's been big talks about the the trade period here, and. The NBA has actually picked up some trade period stuff. I'd love to do an NBA podcast. An NBA
0: one after today's draft. You'd be be talking about
1: lots of that stuff, but uh, our listeners probably wouldn't. uh, We don't know who's an NBA fan and who's not, (laughs) so let us know at Behind the Bound. Uh, uh, Hopefully you enjoyed us and our analysis of the trade period. If you agree or disagree, hit us up at Behind the Bound. I'm Pez. Peace out.
0: I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up uh, next Thursday, guys. Uh, See you later.